Today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks, I'm with Karen Moffitt, founder of Little Miss Moffitt Baked Goods, an online seller of homemade cookies, brownies, cake bars for business gifting and personal enjoyment, where kindness is baked into every bite. I'm Kevin Perlmutter, Chief Strategist and founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy that taps into emotional insight to strengthen connections between brands and people. The limbic system part of our brain supports emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory. And I'm curious about how my guests are creating what I call limbic sparks, which happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I love talking with brand leaders who are turning emotional insight into a competitive advantage to drive business growth for the brands that they serve. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. And let's talk Limbic Sparks. Thanks, Kevin. Happy to be here. It's wonderful to be able to speak with you today. And I've been wanting to do this for a while. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you? Fantastic. You and I met a little ways back. We are both part of this uh, wonderful group called Collaborex. It's a relationship-focused peer advisory group. I'm curious, what do you value most in relationships with the people who you're closest with? Well, probably since I was a kid, it's that thing drilled into you, actions speak louder than words, right? So things I value are how people kind of show they have your back. Uh, some of it may be respect, uh, kindness, um, honesty, and just when you know someone truly has your back and wants to help you succeed in whatever you're doing, those are things that really matter to me. You've been growing your business. Um, I, I know it's been a lot of work when the orders of for fresh baked food keep coming in. I mean, it's so amazing to see how this is growing around you. And, and how are you keeping motivated through all of this, uh, this change in growth? It's just so exciting, to be honest. I find uh, each stage of it, while it can sometimes set you in a small panic, it's just beyond exciting knowing that that hurdle is really opening the pathway to whatever is ahead. And that's just, it's intoxicating, honestly. You know me well enough to know that I think a lot about brands and what they stand for and how they paint a picture. Can you please describe yourself by naming three or so brands that paint a picture of what you're all about? Companies that come to mind, just things that I hate to use the word, but they resonate with me are uh, <laughs> Nike in particular, because no matter what ad I would ever see, it's just so it's about inspiration and believing in yourself. You can do this. You got this. Patagonia. I happen to have a couple of quite a few actually great little uh, ski sweaters and things because they're just all about making the world a better place. That's really important. And then Bombas comes to mind. I, I, I do a lot of work sometimes with nonprofits and I just love their generosity for everything you buy. They're donating something out there for someone in need. And that those are all just really important points. It's interesting how you talk about those, those brands because they, they give you the energy to keep going. They are all about giving back and kindness. Um, and those are, those are such wonderful qualities. And I, I could see, and we're going to talk about how that makes its way into your brand. I want to start here, though. You you haven't always been a professional baker. And right before you started this business, you were doing something completely different. Can you can you share what that was? 
<laughs> I have definitely had a very uh, transformational career here. So I started as a graphic designer back in the day in animation. And then I was a mom for a long time, but I ended up in optometry and ophthalmology uh, for quite a few years, uh, post-divorce and just supporting myself and the kids. And it was, uh, it was a career that certainly maybe was something I felt I was pretty good at, but I'm not going to say it was necessarily a passion. What was your inspiration for starting the baking business? It was always a vehicle for giving for me. It was baking was something I did just out of, I did enjoy it, but it was more out of probably what I selfishly got back in return. People love to have a, a tray, a tray of something baked or receive something baked in the mail. So whether it was a somebody new moving in the neighborhood, whether it was somebody had a baby or even a death in the family, just knowing you could let somebody know you cared about them by sharing something like that. And the, and the feedback I would get, it was just, it was a really positive feeling. So how did you make the shift? What was, what was the uh, transitional moment and, and how did that come to life? <laughs> well, one of the biggest, I, I don't know if I shared this with you already. One of the biggest was I was F-bombed by phone uh, by an outsourced CFO a couple times. And that really set the spark in me to say, you know, let's, let's take this more than just this fun little thing I'm doing on the side. And maybe it's time to leave that career and really pursue something that, uh, focuses more on, you know, the direction I wanted to go in. That's amazing. So somebody basically made you feel like it was time to leave that career and start the one you were more passionate about. Well, let's face it, things happen. Uh, ha what do they say? Things happen for or for you and not to you. So perhaps it was intended for me to, to know it was time to leave that job versus perhaps I would have stayed a little too long. So that little catalyst set me out there and uh, certainly have never looked back. Wow. So you had a professional kitchen in your house already. You moved it. How did that work? We were, how did I you actually, the yeah, process? I had to, I went and rented a uh, commercial kitchen space. Yeah. This is not an out of the home thing, uh, de department of agriculture inspections and things like that. So I rented commercial kitchen space and very much suddenly was in the world of trying to understand what did I need to do for product labeling and ingredients and allergens and food oh my safety goodness. and that's, that's a lot to learn all at once. You think you're going to, um, I'm not making light of this, but it sounds like you think you're going to bake some cookies and send them in the mail. And all of a sudden you're dealing with government regulations and packaging and vendors and rents. And what was this adjustment like for you mentally, physically? How did you adapt to this sudden change in your career or how maybe it wasn't sudden? How long did this transition take? It actually, yeah, the transition took almost a full year from when I first sort of started it. I then had um, a son, my youngest, leave for boot camp. So little things along the way that said, he's doing something really tough. You can start a business. That's not as hard as going to boot camp, right, for the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, so it took a little more time to really get my teeth into this. But when I did, I, I loved it. I truly, I felt like I just took off running. It felt so good and felt so right. The, the, the hardcore truth about it though is mentally and physically, I was like, got it. I love learning. I'm in this, I can do this. It's the financial part. You don't always think about in advance realizing it's not like suddenly I'm going to be this million dollar business <laughs> the first year. So, so that was definitely an eye opener. Wow. Oh, wow. So you made this decision to transition into professional baking, but you know, you had to create a brand. You had to create this brand around your product. And I'm very curious about 
how that process came together. How did you come to the Little Miss Moffat brand, and and how did it how did it actually uh, start to come to life as part of your your offering? It was really super cool because I feel like it, it was obviously destined to be. My kids kind of created it without me, and then clued me in. So my my daughters, my older one, uh, does a lot of kind of graphic design and fine art stuff on on her own just for her own creativity. She created the logo. She created a Facebook page. My other daughter created my Instagram. And literally one morning there I was when I was still fully employed and I get the text, you got to like your Facebook page, mom, and here's your Instagram credentials. And my phone started blowing up with orders. And I I was like, oh my gosh, I I think I have a business. So it was what started what I thought was just a very maybe little part-time side thing really started becoming a a business where I had to say, I want to make this really happen. It was really, it was really cool. And my daughter had designed the logo, I might add. So, and it was funny. I had never given her any input to that because I didn't know I was creating a company quite yet. And yet I absolutely love it. Maybe that's where it's different than hiring somebody because, you know, she obviously knows me and yeah. it really, everything about it just would conveyed what I would have wanted it to convey. So it sounds like it reflects your, your aesthetic, your values. It, it really reflects who you are and the kind of business that you would run. So I want to hear more about that. I want to, I mean, she, she intuited this about you, but I'd love for you to share um, how how does this business and your approach to it align with your values? It everything about it, I guess that's what's exciting. You're exactly right. You know, intuitively, it just kind of she knew me and knows me, and and so or, or both girls do, and that that it developed into exactly what I wanted. However, certainly as I've been growing as a business, it continues to evolve. So in the beginning, I would say while it was my vehicle for giving, I think in my head, I was focused more on, I have a baking company. I bake cookies, I bake bars, and I make delicious treats. And along the way, clearly what you learn as you're developing a business is what's going to make people want to buy. And I think about myself, what makes me want to buy a product? What makes me feel more aligned with a brand? And it's about really the way the world is developing now is we want to solve a a pain point, but we want to really align with values. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing that in my messaging and, uh, you know, those important, important core, core basics about a company. If you have a choice between one or the other, you, I would have to assume, but I would think 99.9% of the population is going to go with one that really sings to their values because it's not just about the cheapest price or the dollar at all anymore. I love this part of the conversation that we're about to get really deep into. And I want to understand first, who are your primary customers? Who are you selling to? Well, it honestly does depend which aspect of the business. The e-commerce is truly, I'm selling to people who want to send a, a, a I'm thinking of you gift to somebody and they're not sure what that might be. Sweet treats are wonderful. Not everybody wants more, excuse me, junk in their home, another trinket or another something they have to put somewhere. Something sweet. It, it's a it's a way of truly saying, hey, I was thinking of you, but at least it's somewhat disposable and gone. Um, doesn't take up space. So that would be the person, any anyone who's doing that kind of ordering of gifts for a family. But the corporate side is going to be all the people who have that value of appreciating their clients, their staff, the people who are referring business to them. 
we want client retention or, or we want staff loyalty, especially in today's world, my goodness. And how can we convey that again in a simple touch that just says, hey, you really are valued. So it's the people who are those decision makers. And that can be small business owners. It can be uh, marketing departments. It, it can be sales managers. It can be HR staff. And then I do have a wholesale side to my business as well. So I love connecting with companies who value things like locally sourced products or women-owned businesses or truly better-made products. I use as few ingredients as I can and as clean of ingredients as I can. I'm certainly not all organic, but I try to value what I'm putting in there. So companies that value that, that's really important. And those are great, great customers as well. Your brand reflects this amazing voice, which I just find so incredible. Um, it's, it's personable. It sparks desire. It gives people permission to indulge. And, and there's so much, I, I believe, clear understanding of your customers and what makes them tick built into the way you, you message and use photography. I love you use headlines like, can you just smell the chocolate? Or there's a, there's a copy sentence or two that I absolutely love. I use wholesome ingredients and a whole lot of love. The result is pure decadence that will make your taste buds beg for more. And there's no judgment here. What was the process of going from customer understanding to writing that kind of copy? I guess, again, the truth is it's aligning with me, you know, with, with who Karen Moffat is. And I want my brand to be me. And I, I don't like shaming people over, yeah, I ate a couple of cookies. <laughs> we all deserve this. This world's a little chaotic, right? We all deserve an up, that little upbeat part of our day. And if a cookie or two is what does it for you, then have at it. And let's not worry about, you know, labeling food, good food and bad food, or it's about, you know, just, just understanding, just understanding people. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm one of you. We're all here in this, we're in this together. Yeah. So you're thinking about the people, you're thinking about their mindset, I'm assuming, and you're you're expressing yourself in a way that that you're, I guess, is is meant to just be personally desirable and, and reflecting that understanding of what they're thinking about. Right. I want to read, I want to write, wanted to write something that sounded like me. It's it's if I had that conversation, I would say those things literally. And what do I want to hear if I'm the one looking to buy something? You know, I want to hear that. I want to hear those kinds of things that say, hey, this is cool. Be here. We're happy to have you. We, you know, this, this is us. What have been the biggest surprises to you since you've uh, started growing this business? Uh, wow. Well, I guess one of the biggest was it doesn't matter how great your product is, because I'll, I'll say, and I hope it doesn't sound arrogant, people telling these, these are amazing treats. Of course, I personally do think so, but it really doesn't matter. Because unless you get it in front of enough people and get your message out in front of enough people, it's truly irrelevant. You can make the greatest, have the greatest product or service out there, but unless enough people know about it, so what? <laughs> that was probably one of the biggest. I'd say probably the other was that, not that I was expecting this, but there, it would be very rare to have true overnight success where something goes viral, your company blows up and boom, you're you're crushing it financially. So it has definitely taken me a lot longer than I anticipated. And that was really a surprise. And perhaps with hindsight, the old, if I had only known, maybe I, there's other things I would have planned better or done differently. But it also tells me sometimes I wonder if I would have even started it had I known all that. So maybe it's better I didn't. I don't know. 
What are the responses that you get from your customers? What's the feedback that you hear? Well, it's the kind of thing I have to tell you, I am never tired of hearing. You would think I'd, I'd get tired of hearing this, but there's nothing better than having my phone blow up, my email, somebody forwarding an email, comments, oh my God, we just got the cookies. We just got those lemon bars, whatever it is. And this over the top, just like they're so different. They, they're better than anything I've ever had. Or that is literally the best cookie I've ever had. And you think really, because there's about a gazillion different types of cookies or brownies out there. But I choose to believe them. But it really does. Absolutely. It's intoxicating to have that kind of feedback every time. And, and it literally is almost every single time when like a big corporate order, that company then sends me a few emails or make sure to let me know some of those comments. And that's just then I say, great, we are, we're doing something right. Again, not just in making the best, hopefully one of the best products out there, but in knowing that we really are succeeding and that person felt cared about and thought enough of it to thank the person uh, with, with a gushing email or a text. That is, that is amazing. It is so cool to hear that kind of feedback. And it must really just, as you say, you use the word intoxicating, which is a great word. I love that word. How are you keeping it fresh? What are you doing to evolve the brand? How are you, how do you keep building on the learning that you have and any new insights that come your way? Well, first of all, you have to, I would, I would, you know, I've been doing this, whatever, five and a half years. It's not like whatever worked five and a half years ago is appropriate today anyway. So you have to keep learning and growing. So I personally follow a lot of other companies and I learn from what they're doing. And sometimes you learn what not to do from what they're doing. So things that are way overly salesy to me is a huge turnoff. If every time you see a post, it's constantly buy this, buy this, buy this. That to me is a real turnoff to the point I don't want to buy from a company. So I, I'm really cognizant of that. Uh, keeping it fresh to me is always making sure I'm talking to other people, not the same people, talking to a younger generation, getting fresh ideas seeing what else works. And again, almost what you asked me earlier, but like what makes me want to buy or what makes me feel engaged with a brand. And when I feel that, and there's a post that triggers that for me, I, I literally have my notebook. I'm like, oh, I could use this because that was really effective on me. And I, and I just try to, and I know those are things that are evolving because it's based on the world around us. And what, what pain points do we want to solve? What, you know, what, what is the current mental climate that we feel like we could be a, a bigger part of making it better. And, and those are things that are going to keep evolving as our world things, you know, events keep happening or, or whatever. So it's, it's really important to just pay attention. It is so important to pay attention. And so many brands are neglecting the power of emotion and emotional insights and understanding that and bringing it into their, their approach to growing their business. Why do you believe that some brands just ignore this power of emotion? I would assume they are ignoring it purely out of their own lack of understanding. Certainly nobody would do that intentionally, but maybe they don't understand that value, how important it is to have that emotional connection. I think some people are naturally far more empathetic than others. I happen to probably be too, be too empathetic if there's such a thing. But I think that's really critical to know. So if somebody's not paying attention to that, perhaps they're just not a more uh, emotional, empathetic type person. Again, not that that's a fault, but then you better have some marketing people who are, who understand that value. And so without it, I, I, I think today's world, 
is so driven by that. And especially the younger generation who are our current and future buyers, we need to make sure we're meeting that or else, you know, being too focused, just sales is going to be very um, sterile language. That's not going to impact. What do you think are the best ways to create limbic sparks? Those moments when emotional motivation meet brand desire? Really simply put, it's to genuinely care. Genuinely care about what you're doing. Genuinely and authentically be yourself and care about your customer, their needs, and how you can solve them, how you can help them. As a brand leader, what is it you know now that you wish you knew years ago? Maybe perhaps something that others can learn from? I think it's really critical to align yourself, much like we talked about in our earlier part of this, our networking with Collaborex or wherever we are networking, is to surround yourself with people who not just believe in you, not just cheerlead you, but literally have your back and are, are, are so happy when you succeed and are happy to help you succeed. I feel like that probably has been pivotal for me in growing my business. And without it, I don't know if my business would be here. So not just seeking out your friends and your family who are like, yeah, rah, rah, you're doing great at whatever your service or product is. Surround yourself with other business owners who had some of the same growing pains you have had. They may be ahead of you and have guidance for something that you truly know nothing about. I might know about baking, but did I know about marketing? I may know about um, labeling and ingredients and allergens, but did I understand the business and the numbers and how to be profitable? So surround yourself, align with those people, and that's where you're going to really experience probably the best way to get yourself successful. Such incredible advice. Um, I am dying for uh, a sweet treat right now. And while I don't have one in front of me, I know that you want to make an offer to listeners so that they can try it if they're feeling what I'm feeling right now. What, what would you like to offer? I would love to offer any listener uh, the opportunity to order from the website, which is www.littlemissmoffit.com baker.com m-o-f-f-i-t-t and to use the coupon code limbic sparks 20 to enjoy 20 percent off one item that they can either order and devour themselves uh, with their family or ship to someone just to get that amazing feedback about how awesome they are for thinking of them and i will have that coupon be available from now uh, until the end of 2022 so we'll make that good through december 31st of 2022 wow little miss limbic sparks 20 no spaces in that coupon code karen thank you so much this has been such a fun conversation i'm so thrilled we did it thank you for joining me today on let's talk limbic sparks kevin thank you so much for having me for more, go to limbicsparks.com.